bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Hey guys, it is high noon. You are listening to the AltaCast here on Mutiny Radio. Happy Valentine's Day. Time stamping this podcast. Welcome to February 14th, 2018. 14 days from the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Get your tickets now, everybody, before they sell out. Get them now. Get them now. Uh, I'm going to be joined very shortly by... The Sheriff of Truth, Latoya. And uh, I'm excited for that. Also, a special call in today from everyone's favorite old dumb face. That's Steve Poggi. going to be calling in from Missouri. Excited to hear what's going on with him in the world of far away. Uh, things are happening here, uh, like Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. 14 days away, 37 comedians, 25 shows, 5 days. Uh, it's going to be great. The artwork's going to be coming up tonight from Jenner Davis. Go come see it when <laughs> it's coming out. I'm excited. Things are happening here at Mutiny Radio. Uh, it is Valentine's Day, if anybody cares. I, you know, whatever. We, like, I need a day to express my love. Or, uh, you know, whatever. I'm excited for LaToya to come on in because she always brings the news. Because I have no idea what's going on in the world. I like to submerge myself in a barrel of whiskey. Come out for free ice cream days. Uh, I can even just a 7-Eleven is good enough for me. Uh, you get the free 7-Eleven Slurpees. That's free enough for me. I love it. Uh, but I was... Oof. I sang karaoke last night and boy did I have fun I, I was supposed to go out I left my house late and I was supposed to go out and hit an open mic late night at Grant and Green run by the lovely Travis Thielen and Cole Chapman and I went to karaoke and I just stayed there all night I love it I was dancing and I realized all of my none of my comedy sets are ever as good as my karaoke sets so truth I love karaoke. It's an important thing in my life. Give me a call, Steve Poggi. Tell me what's going on in the world. Uh, I was trying to write a joke. Well, I wrote a new joke last night. Let's see. Uh, it's, it's in the messages, and we'll see if I can remember it here for you guys. Uh, here we go. Oh, don't forget about me, flock of seagulls. I'm supposed to sing that. PTSD over my mugging, more like S M A R T. That was another joke. 
an amen to a joke, get to a feminist joke. Okay, so this is this is how we're going to take out the current regime. I'm going to enlist an army of porn stars for feminism to entrap Trump with a video. I need 50 porn stars to donate their time uh, when, you know, they're going to tickle his fat tummy when they're about to suck his dick and say, tell me about all that illegal stuff you did. And they're going to film him. I'm excited because I want kink.com to become a 501c3 political party. Stormy Daniels. That's my new joke. I think it's funny. Oh, that was the other one. From the top of me to lobotomy. And you tap your head. Anyway, I had a good time last night. And I didn't even do any comedy. So, uh, Let's see. Uh, let's see what, uh, what we got in the news today. Uh, if I put in... This is fun. Oh, but that was the other one about... Uh, this is from HuffPost. <laughs> Seriously, how dumb is Trump? <laughs> uh, yeah, there was... Anyway, I was... There's there's a bunch of there's there's a bunch of great articles out here like th- that start with consider that Trump might just be dumb. I, I don't even wanna. Uh, Steve Bannon says Ivanka Trump is as dumb as a brick. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Steve Bannon, former White House chief strategist, called Ivanka Trump the president's eldest daughter and top White House advisor, dumb as a brick. And journalist Michael Wolf's book, Fire and Fury. We've talked about that in the past. Uh, that's very funny to me. Uh, if you guys remember, we actually wrote a song about how dumb uh, Ivanka is. Let's, let's listen to that. Let's, let's do a little spelunking in the history of, uh, of, of Hot Dirty P and the Sheriff. Some of our best, wildest, hottest tracks. Hottest tracks! From Hot Dirty P and the Sheriff. Dumb as a brick, you say? <laughs> uh, let's let's listen to the song. She wrote a book called Women Who Work. Women who work, women who work. Hot Dirty P and the Sheriff coming at ya. Yeah. Coming at ya. Ivanka. Some magic. From Ivanka Trump. Women who work, women who work. She doesn't work, she doesn't work. Women who work, passion is what makes us feel most alive. Women who work, women who work, don't buy her book cause it's full of plagiarism. The trump card, her first book, nothing in that either. Women who work, women who work. She has some work advice No matter what your age, your background, your education, or your success We all are granted 168 hours a week Hours a week That's math Math That's Is that a 24 hour daytime seven Which equals 168 hours a week When do you sleep? I got a nanny when do you sleep? She's got a nanny and a child. Oh, 
How do you build a world-class team? First you have to find the right people So thank you, Captain Obvious, Obvious Captain Obvious, to fuck up the line device Don't gossip, don't gossip Gossip about women who work Get the Trump card, don't buy her first burke either Because she already has too much money too much money, don't buy the book to burn it Go to the library and burn it from there Burn it all down We often don't realize that while we're waiting for our lives to begin They have already And they're made up of all the decisions we make Big and small, conscious or not Thank you Captain Obvious Women who work, have a mini women who work, women who work, most women do. So. I am that nanny, and I wish I could make enough as her nanny. She probably pays $38 an hour to a service. That's a lot of money. Maybe, maybe she doesn't pay a service, and it's just another Slovenian girl hanging out in her house. Team sport success is a team sport. Ivanka Trump, Captain of Captain. So much you can learn so much from the perspective of others, and it literally costs you nothing. But I'll pay you lots of money to be my nanny, my nanny while I'm at work. I plagiarized and work. I didn't write this novel either. It's probably a ghost writer, or it was me in a room with a tape recorder talking about myself, how cool my life is. My nice husband, my dad, he's really nice, and my nanny. Some of my best photos of the kids were taken by my nanny during the day. And I'm sure in 10 years, I'll convince myself I took them. Because I, I take everyone else's work and make it my own. Plagiarism, women who work. <laughs> All right. That was uh, an old hot, dirty pee in the sheriff. Right now, we have on the line old Dumbface himself. Oh, back in action after the music video. Yeah, after the music video. Uh, ooh, that was that was a little funky. Hey, how are you doing, old dumb face Steve Poggi? Oh man, I am fucking chig chugging along. <laughs> How's uh, it's Valentine's Day? Iron workers apprentice meeting. Oh, it was uh, it was an eye opening experience. It was in a big auditorium, and uh, right when you know the five o'clock mark hit, the instructor guy was like, "All right, all right, we're gonna watch a video." And it's like that cheesy, like old, like 1980s kind of videos. And Someone so gets their like hand chopped off? Yeah, it's like this like bad production, like title screen of introduction to iron workers. And then there's this guy and he's up on some iron, like, you know, six stories up. And he's like, hey, I'm Rick. <laughs> I'm a fucking iron worker. <laughs> and you want to be an iron worker too. That's why you're watching this thing. So if you don't like high places, just leave now because you're a pussy. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. Welcome to, to Iron Workers. And then, like, the guy behind the camera is like, 
how did you become an iron worker? And he's like, well, me and Jerry got out of jail, and we needed to make some money. <laughs> oh, my God. These so, are, this is this is your new this is your new profession. Yeah, not a lot of readers in the iron workers. <laughs> not a lot of readers. Yeah, wow. Uh so you're going to have to be like six stories in the air walking on beams and stuff, right? Like uh those pictures from the old-timey days when they're eating lunch on a you know, on the 82nd yeah, yeah, floor. That's, that's the iron working bit cuz basically uh it's called structural and that's like the kind of the the bones of the building, basically, from what I understand. Um, so eh, I'm not I'm not too worried about it. Apparently, like there's a there's a bunch of different things. Like there's rebar and concrete, structural like framing stuff. Like basically any kind of like heavy metalworking, they they do all that shit. So it just kind of depends on what contractor hires you. Heavy metal. Uh, so this is, yeah. so so for people to understand what's happening, uh, Steve Poggi used to be a stand-up comedian, and now he's decided he wants to be an iron worker so that he can buy a house, get a wife, and have a child. He wants to be a dad. Is this? I, I want to be away from the spotlight. You want to be away from the spotlight? Except for February 23rd in Breeze, Illinois, I'll be doing an hour performance there of what little shit I can remember from my so-called act. Papa needs money. You gotta bring back um, Sumerian uh, Sumerian ghost stick. Oh, in these politically charged times, no way. <laughs> Get some angry wormhole fucking yelling at me. I don't need that shit. Well, I'm glad that you're still gonna do some uh, some uh, comedy out there. That's uh, yeah, I, yeah. I keep getting all these bookings, so I'm I'm just kind of doing the stuff that's local, just from just because I need money and I like taking away opportunities from other people. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's awesome. I I've decided to like kind of stop going to open mics and just sort of live my life and have more fun, because I mean, what a waste of time. I've realized, and and it's like. Yeah, anyway. Oh, she's here! Latoya made it. We got old Dumbface on the line. Oh, Yay! Hey, for one Valentine's one. Day. Yay! Yay! Special day. Did you, yeah, are I mean, you, was, are you celebrating I'm, Valentine's Day with anybody special? Old uh, Dumbface? Your mom? This, this, no, my mom bought me a card and a bottle of Mountain Dew. Oh, that's very sweet. Yeah, but I have this one girl who wants me to drive to Columbia which is like 45 minutes to an hour away from where I am. Wow, Columbia. And uh, Columbia, dude, Missouri. I've been, I've been working a lot though. I don't I don't want to fucking go. Well, I, there you go. Well, what are you working at now? Are you still you're are you still twitching? Are you still doing your uh are you still doing your video games for people for small uh, children? I haven't that... been doing that as much just because I've been trying to get a better grip on the technical aspect. Ah. Trying to make stuff like look good. And I've kind of gotten there, but uh I just you know, I don't have any games that I'm super excited to fucking play. Wow. Not even the new Zelda, huh? No, well, that's on Nintendo. I'm, I'm doing Xbox. Oh, I didn't, I didn't, I have no idea anything about video games. All I know I is know. that it's a thing now that people watch them. Watch yeah. video games? They like watch a, video games. Like a TV show? Like a TV show. Like that's they. stupid. I, I think so too. I don't understand it. That's retarded. Watch well, a TV some show. Well, some of the games are interesting, like... Uh, for one instance, the one game I play, it's a it's a military shooter game. 
First but the way it works is uh, there's like 100 people and an airplane flies over the map. And at the start of the match, this airplane flies over and then you jump out of it and it's you versus basically everyone else. It's every man for himself. Wow. And then when you get killed, you get eliminated. So you try to fight to be the last person standing. Oh, fight so to the death. That, it's got it's got pretty good watchability to it, but uh, it's really really hard to do. I I did a. Uh, How did far a have you made it? You get I, past I've the fifty like mark. Third and fourth. Third and fourth. Holy fuck! Wow. They they have like versions of what they call squads, where you're in a four man team and then you fight other four man teams. But then it's not every man and for so, himself. <laughs> Well, it's, a, it's every team for them, because you can do, like, four-man teams, you can do two-man teams, or just one person. All the formats still the same. It's 100 people, and then you all kind of fight each other. But the first time I did the team ones, I jumped in with my team. They weren't talking to me on the headset, and then they killed me immediately. My Your own team, team killed you? They uh-huh. shot me, and I dropped down, and then they beat me with a frying pan. And <laughs> Uh-huh. This actually sounds like a really therapeutic thing to do if you well, live in and Missouri and hate everybody. Won. <laughs> they won the game. Oh wait, you know what? I'm do- I'm do- uh, old dumb face. That was so hard for me to say. <laughs> I so for Christmas I just got a Super NES, uh, which I took me back to my 12 year old self and played Street okay. Fighter for like five hours. But my boyfriend just bought, you know, the uh, 3D headset that comes with the PlayStation? Yeah, the virtual reality. The virtual reality. So we just got that. That shit's insane. That's... Yeah, man, I don't know that I want to do that. I'm afraid that uh, no, I'll be able to stop telling the difference in case some scientist kidnapped me to study my brain. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. If you're, if you're playing a first-person shooter game and you're wearing like a 3D thing, can you suffer PTSD from a game where you get murdered every time? Like, I, I don't know. I'm just wondering, like, that would be... I don't think... I mean, if, if, uh, if, it, like, if it got to the point where the guy you were playing with died, right, in this virtual reality, and then in real life, he, he was deleted off of your Facebook and you couldn't call him anymore. <laughs> so, like, he died, like, virtually for you. It might be able to do that. That's, it's, 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 it's insane. It's, well, I used one of those VR goggle things with Jonathan's phone came with the stupid thing, right? And you're supposed right. to take your phone and have it super close to your face. And the weird thing about it is like, it puts you in a house that's really clean. Like you get to choose your house basically. So one of them is like, you're in the mountains in Denver or something. And you like turn your head to look out the window and it looks like a snowy scape outside. And then you look in front of you and you're like watching Netflix and you can look down and you're like on a sofa. And it's the weirdest thing because I would think that if um, if you hate your life and you never do laundry or your place is really dirty, <laughs> that you just put on the goggles, like, you know, so you could live in like a tiny pod, you know, you could live in like, you know, 50 square feet or something of just of like garbage. But then you put on your VR goggles and you're like, oh, this is my house in Aspen. I think I just like to switch to my house in New York City. And then you and look at this. Over. Yeah. Make you feel like you live like you're a real person. That shit's real. Yeah. Rewarding. Rewarding. God, speaking of that, you remember how dirty Pete's house was? Oh, yes, <laughs> I do. Well, I I watched some of the Pete and Poji stuff the other day just randomly. And I, I I had a good laugh remembering it, but I also remember just like 
chewed 20 packs of empty beers stacked up on his coffee table at all times. Well, and he had, he had, um, he had a dog that lived there and it's like a 300 square foot apartment and there's an enormous dog in there, like living in a kennel and we'd all sit, like you could sit on his dirty laundry as like a, as a chair. It was like dirty laundry with a, with a, like a blanket over it and it was like a beanbag chair. So don't have dinner at his house. Mm-mm. No, I wouldn't want to eat anything there. Ew, that's well, nasty. it was when you were done eating, you just piled everything up on the coffee table, and when you came back in three weeks, it was still there. Ew, that's yeah. trifling. Boys are gross. Boys are gross. That is nasty as fuck. Yeah, boys yeah, are that gross. Yeah, uh, that was the bachelor life. I, I, he lives in no, Amsterdam now, so hopefully he kicked that. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's the bachelor life. I think that's just nasty. Yeah. People well, no, I think with him it was uh, some sense of rebellion because he was like engaged to this girl that he really loved and she was a super neat freak. Oh. So whenever they broke up, I think it was his rebellious nature of like, so he's acting out. dirty. Uh, yeah, fuck it. I've always wanted to be dirty. So are you going to go visit this girl? Are you going to drive an hour away up to Columbia, Columbia. to go? To- uh, you know, I've been, uh, I've been working like crazy lately and a lot of what i've been doing now is driving those uh you know 26 foot trucks for deliveries and different things like that and i just this is my first day off in like two weeks and i'm just kind of like i don't want to do anything i don't i don't want to leave the house well because you're driving around 26 so you don't need a special license to do that you're just a really good no i do i had to get a special license. oh my god look at you steve poji moving up in the world getting things done going to classes (laughs) getting girlfriends in columbia missouri yeah getting it done hey word up yeah yeah i mean that's that's kind of a conundrum that i'm in right now because this girl that i've been talking to I, i like her she's a really nice amazing girl and as far as my setup of wanting to get the house and all that, she's, uh, you know, she's responsible. She has good income. She's fun to be around. But I'm just not, like, super crazy attracted to her. Oh. Oh, so, okay. Interesting. Oh. It feels really, like, I mean, by saying that, you're going to hurt someone's feelings and give them a complex. <laughs> and I don't, I, and I'm not trying to say that, She's bad looking or whatever. She's not, but it's just You're not attracted to that her. click isn't there, and oh. there's no way to really communicate that without severely hurting someone's feeling and feeling like a dick. And I, I don't want to do that. So I'm right, and it's okay because no one listens plot. to this podcast, so we, we haven't said it. At least, name. Know, yeah, don't tag me on fucking Facebook. Oh, too late. This one. Too late. Uh, Already tagged. I could take you off. You could take yourself off. It's okay. All, all my stuff has to be approved anyway, so it, it's not showing up until I hit approve. There. Okay, good. Okay, good. Well, you're special. Well, I don't give a fuck. I leave it all out there. I'm like, put it all out. Uh, I don't I don't care. Make fun of me on the internet. I don't give a fuck. All publicity yeah. is good publicity. Well, that's the thing. is like, If it just pertains to me, that's fine. But when it involves somebody else's feelings and stuff like that, then... That's where I, I get protective. Look at you be a gentleman. Yeah. Someone was raised yeah, right. I'm not, and it's, that's a very kind of pig thing to say, oh, I'm not attracted to you. You're not hot to me. But at the same time, it's like you have to have that balance of but you're attracted, not, responsible, and able to work together. Well, you're not leading a person on either. 
which... Oh, well, you know, uh-oh. sometimes I drink and well, sometimes I say things. Oh, shit. Yeah, that happens. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I had a successful marriage for 13 years and I was never very attracted to him. So, <laughs> I mean, that was... I know, but it eventually ended. Yes, it does. Well, everything ends. All That's the thing is all relationships end and everyone gets so freaked out about it and people get dishonest and then they, they lie to each other and they fuck other people or whatever without being honest and then people get guns and shoot each other in the face and all these terrible things happen but they could all be avoided if people could just be honest and say oh whatever i i don't know i don't i'm and i come from well, I think my high the horse only way a relationship ends is either one of the people involved in the relationship says you know i don't want to do this anymore but the other person still wants to or you both are like i don't want to do this oh thank god i've been having those same feelings i'll see you later right yeah well and there's someone's always going to get butt hurt but, uh, I mean, yeah, we're all, uh, Jonathan and I had, we had some fights last week and things were a little bit tenuous and I thought that he just, we just broke up because he's uh, lazy and didn't want to shop for Valentine's day. And, and although that is true, cause he didn't, I got him something. He's like, I didn't get you anything. And I'm like, it's okay. But it's, it's not it's okay. So, no, wait, it's wait. fine. It's okay, but it's fine. Metal maniac. It's, it's fine. He buys me beers all the time and I. I always have a ubiquitous mm-hmm. source of marijuana, so it's fine. Maybe you guys will go to the bar and he'll fight somebody for you. That would be amazing. That would actually be better than a gift. <laughs> yeah, I, I would, well, fight. I got, this is a fun story. A 26-year-old child hit on me the other day, like, for realsies. I'm, I'm, I'm at the bar, I'm at Bender's, and I'm on the back patio being gregarious as I always am and I meet these young kids and I'm passing out the flyers because they look like people with money and they're talking about buying a house in the Soma and all this stuff and I'm like ah these people have money they're going to come to the festival so I'm talking to them blah 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 and they're like your skin is so I'm wearing my cheerleading jacket from 1992 when I graduated from high school when they were born when yeah well that's what ended up happening so I'm wearing my cheerleading jacket and and they're like, oh my God, that's not, it can't be yours. Oh, blah, 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 blah. And I do all my jokes about, oh, I just wear this so that I can see how much I've disappointed my parents because I, you know, blah, 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 cross country track, cheer the whole deal. And blah, 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 blah. So I'm talking to these kids and I've got the cheerleading jacket on. And, and this one, I give the flyer to this one boy and he goes, is your number on here? Wait, your number isn't on here. And I'm like, uh. Oh, that was some game. And then he goes, are you single? And I go, no, my, my boyfriend's right over there. And, uh, uh, and he goes, he's like, oh, oh okay. And uh, th- this was great. He gives me his card and he goes, my number's on here. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, I'm old enough to be your mother. What year were you born? And he, he taps my chest on my number, my 92. So he was born in 92. <laughs> and I was like, I literally could be your mother. You could be a teenage mother. And I was like, I mean, I'm... At 18, I would have been, you know, and it's totally doable in Missouri. Uh, but then he looks at me and he goes, because I, I said, I'm, I'm old enough to be your mother. And he goes, I don't have a problem with that. You have a problem with that? And I was like, this kid is hitting on me. And he is 26. 26. And that was so nice, I guess. Look that at you. I just couldn't believe See, it. That's, that's where you, you mess up. Because when somebody says, oh, you're, they're 26. And you're like, oh, I could be your mother. Whereas I, when the girl's like, I'm 26, I'm like, I could train her. You could train her. (laughs) I could could teach her how to be a respectable person. But you're also only 33, so. 34 in two weeks. 34 in two weeks. But still, you're still, you know, if you date a 26-year-old, that's 
very normal because that's not even it's not even 10 years i know it but 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 people are when they're 26 exactly Ah. that's exactly where i was going to go with that especially being born in the 90s where it's hard to even if you have like that five-year difference with someone being born in like 1990 who which would be 28 28 28 it would be hard for me to identify. Like, I can't talk to you about Tupac. You were like five <laughs> oh, when he died. But like, Tupac... Dude, that actually, that <laughs> leads into, uh, there is a, happens to be a girl who I'm meeting on Monday. Not meeting, I'm going to be seeing again. Okay. Uh, she briefly dated my uh, buddy uh, who got me the iron worker gig. Like, this whole... Basically, the relationship took a, like a, it was about a month long, and like at one point, she had like tried to move into the apartment. Into your apartment? Uh, and no, not. Oh, my your buddy. So my right. And he complained. He was like, "She's really immature, man. Like, uh, you know, she she works nights because she works at a pharmacy, and uh, then she'd come home at like two o'clock in the morning, and she'd just play World of Warcraft till like at seven or eight. And I'm like, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> She, she plays video games, role-playing, RPG video games, nonetheless. And she's a pharmacist. Yeah, so I'm going in with an agenda. Hell yeah. So is she young or something? Yeah, what was the point of your story? I forgot already. <laughs> yeah. We're getting high in here, so I have no idea what's she's, happening. She's 26, so she needs she's training. She's 26. She's in training. I get it. Ah. I see. But you're right. When you're 26, when I was 20, okay, so I got married when I was 25 and I was like, I am so old. I am the oldest person of my friends to be getting married. I just can't even believe it. I am Uh, so old. And that's when I was in your 20s, kids. So I was 25 and I think I'm this fucking adult. It was so ridiculous. Like I look (laughs) back now and I'm just like the like the the audacity of me to think that I mean, and when I was teaching high school at like 22, I thought I was such an adult. And it's ridiculous. Like, you go back to the past and you think about like, really? I thought I was a big girl. I thought I was. I thought I have a big girl <laughs> pants on. But uh-uh. well, I think the way technology shaped things now, the definition of an adult is vastly different than what it used to be. Sure. You know, when it, it used to be before we had the Internet and shit when it was just the answering machine world. I mean, <laughs> what was being an adult? You worked 40 hours a week, you got benefits, you got married, you had kids, now you're an adult. Like, and you know who? what generation kind of changed that, though, too? I would say it would be the Generation Xers that kind of changed sure. that whole mentality of, like, what an adult is. Um, Kurt Cobain changed the world. I guess, but... <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, the fact that, you know, they were called the slacker generation... Well, actually... Would you be considered a Gen Xer? I'm a Gen Xer. Yeah. I'm considered a Gen Xer. Yeah. I'm at the bottom of Gen X. Yeah. I'm the beginning of a millennial. Yeah. Ugh. Well, <laughs> but I mean, I miss the days of, and I think that technology has fucked us all up because everyone has a little computer in their pocket. Um, yeah. I used to memorize shit and I still do memorize shit. I'm very, I have a, I have a very, very extensive memory, but Nobody memorizes anything anymore because no one has to because everything is there. So it's like we've gotten so dumb because we don't force ourselves to understand and remember information and like, you know, put it into our own brains for real. Like, because when you put information into your brain and you actually understand it and you can re-explain it or whatever, it's like it's thought, you know, or it's, but now there's, I feel like there's just no thinking. People don't think anymore because everything's there. There was a fear that used to exist of people worried about feeling stupid. 
<laughs> you know, back when it was like, hey, if I want to find out about something, my first thing is I've got to go to my encyclopedias if I have one. Right? Right. And then if I don't have that, I've got to go down to the library. <gasps> the library. And what? get some reference material and look this shit up. You had to put work into achieving knowledge. But once knowledge was free and really accessible, then people just started lying and making shit up. Absolutely. Right. That's well, where fake news, I guess, yeah. comes from is that everything is so accessible and you can spread it so quickly. Or or if you were in school and you had to study something or read a book really quickly, people can just Google that shit rather than just go get Cliff Notes. Right. Well, <laughs> I know, remember Cliff Notes? And, but that was the thing is that <laughs> our teachers, in when I was in high school... They, they were banned. Yeah, there were no Cliff Notes. And they could tell. And they yes, always they knew. Did. They could always tell if you wrote a paper from the Cliff Notes and not from reading the actual book. You had book. to be smart about cheating back right. in the day. Right, yeah. People don't know how to cheat that much anymore or do crime. Well, and, <laughs> and the kids, honestly, the kids don't even know how to do simple math because everything is calculator stuff and so i don't know we've just our brains used to work in different ways and now we're just like eh. i just i can't wait for the computers to die and i'm reading all of these dystopian future sci-fi books right now and yeah. it's funny when the class they they talk about like in 2076 after the war with the partials which are ai beings that we made for a war anyways it's all this stuff but it's it's very like They've lost technology. All they have left is solar panels and they have to do, I mean, it's just, it's funny. Everything in the world has fallen apart. Gas doesn't work anymore. They don't know how to use gas refineries. There's only like 40,000 people I left on earth. I hope you live to be, to see that because that means you'll be 102 years old. Yeah. Well, I, I just want to see I want to see technology I want to see what happens to these fucking little snowflakes when they don't have their iPhone I mean this would be a fun thing what if we could have a day without iPhones we, we could see how many hours it took before someone lost their motherfucking mind because they don't have the tiny or, computer in their hand or a day like today like for those single people out there no Tinder, no, no Tinder. OK computer, okay computer. Okay computer. That's a good. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's a good. Uh, oh, okay, okay Cupid. Yeah. So like, how are you going to get some ass? Oh my God, you're going to have to go to the bar and actually right. talk to a person. Right. You have to talk ah! to a person. Uh, oh, I don't so have terrible. Some... You yeah. can't swipe left. Screening. Oh no. I I thought about getting rid of my iPhone and getting just a regular flip phone. Yeah. Oh, a drug dealer I'm just phone. Kind of done with all the social media. But then it was like, okay, well, if I'm at work and I've got to make a delivery, I need to have GPS so I know how to See? navigate the roads yep. and know what roads I can drive on with a commercial vehicle versus a regular. Right. And then it was like, oh fuck, I'm dependent on it. That, but that's but this is the that's the awesome part I have to say about technology. You know, you still have to yeah. know how to you know read a map, but the fact of the matter that you have. You know, it shows you, you can, where you are on the map. It's exactly. like, bing, you know, like, here I am. If you, can, yeah, if you get lost, it's be because here. you're a dumbass. <laughs> and you can't follow direction on your phone. And then, you know, also too, I mean, there's other benefits that I've, I do appreciate of um, having a smartphone for. Like, you know, the fucking weather and shit. Well, and I, it, <laughs> when it, I don't have a smartphone, I have a dumb phone. And it does, it does hinder me. I can't, I can't Uber or Lyft. So, all right. And I can't, like, all the time people, I can't even get emojis. People will, like, send me, 
uh, emojis and they just look like little squares. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, <laughs> that's that's thank what you, you are, Pam. You're a square. <laughs> I'm a square. I'm a square. Jonathan sent emojis the other day to our friend and I, he didn't even know what they were. And I was like, send him eggplant bacon birthday cake. And he's like, what? I'm like, find the eggplant. It means dick. And eggplant is like, I know enough to be See, dangerous. You, know right? enough. you don't yeah. even have, you don't even have to have one. You already know the language. Of I already emoji, know the language. Yeah. In which they're creating a hundred and, 143 more for some reason. Why? Because we can't express ourselves enough exactly. See, now this is where the downfall, going back to the fact that the downfall of technology, yeah. the way we speak, there's an emoji language that yeah. and rather than spell it out, which people, again, when you're texting, don't spell out everything. They'll put late for L8. Oh, I, I, well, isn't yeah. that what hieroglyphs were? Uh, yeah, yes. the hieroglyphs. The, yes. The early early Egyptian. Phoenicians and the fucking Egyptian people, yeah. Pictorial language. Well, I mean, even the Chinese, they're still in a pictorial language. Yeah. The Japanese, those yeah. weird little characters. We're going to end up with a bunch of parrots on our heads. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with parrot heads. There's nothing wrong with it. Speaking of Egyptian, just to segue into that. Egyptian did you magician? see... Did any of you guys see, um, I think it was last week, they unveiled the, the um, Nefertiti, the, um, the com- some, some kind of technology that modernized what Nefertiti would look like. And oh. this is like the same week as Cheddar Man. Um, What's Cheddar Man? Cheddar Man. Oh, okay. So Cheddar Man, I'll start here. Okay. In the UK, they were, they were looking for, they called this man Cheddar Man because his bones were found in uh, Cheddar, England. And so they took DNA from Cheddar Man's bones and they finally found out what Cheddar Man looked like. Um, he was a black guy with blue eyes. Wow. <laughs> Hot. First, yeah. Hot. Don't spread those lies, Latoya. That's not I'll true. Oh, not go look it up. I'm not. I'm not kidding. I am not kidding. Which, by the way, I mean, pe- people are disappointed. But this goes into play the same week. They did some computer generated uh, thing with Nefertiti. Right. Now we we have proof of what Nefertiti looked like. Going back to what Without you said, makeup on. <laughs> you have the hieroglyphics. Right. That. They and made her pretty white, though. And they that's, made that's her like, white. That they yeah, whitewashed. She looked like face, fucking Barbara Streisand. She does look like Barbara Streisand. Or not Barbara Streisand. She does look like Barbara Streisand. <laughs> she looks like a cross between Barbara Streisand and Liz Taylor. Face of Egyptian Queen Nefertiti remade in 3D color sparks whitewash race fight. Um, oh, new- man. Yeah. Uh, if, if somebody shows something and it's not the same color as you, you got to make a sign and go protest. You got to go protest. Works. But, but this is like his, like, come on, man. Working from the mummy, scientists from the University of Bristol brought the 3,400-year-old queen, thought to be Tutankhamun's mother, to life using 3D image technology. So you see her little mummified head next to it, and they're like, this is what she probably looked like. Um, then paleo artist Elizabeth Days recreated Nefertiti's face on a bust. <laughs> with the entire process taking more than 500 hours. This remarkable face seems to be consistent with ancient representations of Nefertiti. That's blah, 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 blah. Uh, blah, 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 see, blah, blah, blah. I can blah. see that being true just because she probably comes from a long line of royalty. Oh. And if she comes from royalty, Look they're at probably th- not out in the sun like doing shit. They're probably tucked away in a Steve Poggi- comfort lifestyle. Look so at this picture. they're not going to develop the same as the regular working people. Um, That's true, too. She is a light brown skin, but she looks very, very... This is not light. Nefertiti. If you look at this... It, 
Look it up. <laughs> how It says, here's the quote from, uh, how arrogant must you be to convince yourself that ancient Egypt was full of white people without a black person in sight, tweeted activist Preston Mitchum. Nefertiti, I'm sorry for what they're trying to do to you. You you really need to take take a look at this shit. It's this hilarious. is really funny. This is a this is a tweet from this Preston Brown guy. Uh, my queen Nefertiti was blackity black black black. <laughs> Stop spreading this false sense of white superiority. Other other cultures in history. I I mean sounds like someone's butt hurt. Yeah. Well, well, I mean you can't change history. That's the thing. And the well, thing. The bottom line is Santa Claus isn't black, so I don't see why we're even talking about Santa that. Well, Claus. Well, isn't we're black. talking about Santa because that nigga don't exist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but the fact I mean, Tom Brady might be black. He might have he might have actually gone through a a, a white skin whitening process. No, you guys can keep to- Tom Brady. <laughs> No, you know, he, he is he, white. You can keep him. He kidnapped a black guy and he drained his blood and he got a blood transfusion. So that way he could get all those black enzymes and grenadine back into his system. Aren't, most, <laughs> aren't most quarterbacks white anyway? All of them, the majority of quarterbacks are white. It's true. It's the running backs that are black. Well, and now that they won't let Colin Kaepernick play. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like... <laughs> But y'all can keep in the racial draft. Y'all can keep Tom Brady. Cool. We don't want him. <laughs> How's your Tom Brady story going? Uh, you know, I I haven't really got to it yet. Aww. I just finished up my next like short story. Oh, are you sending um, it to Tim's Tesseract? Wrote, yeah, the first two that I wrote was a lot of uh, the first one was a first person narrative that didn't really contain that much dialogue, and then the second one was more of like a fairy tale kind right. of position. And uh, this one is actually two people kind of having a conversation. They're basically, it's a doctor and a general. Huh. They meet up to kind of have a conversation uh, because the, the planet that they're living on is about to, uh, uh, I forget what I said, de-atmospheric stabilize or some shit. It's basically right. gonna, the planet's going to just end. Sure. And uh, so these two kind of meet up and they have a conversation and it's hard because it's not like when you have like a male and a female talking where you can use a lot of the, you know, well, then he got up and went over here and she went over there. Right. When it's two people of the same sex, it gets kind of like lost where it's like, all right, which which character is doing what? Right. Uh, Jane Six came out today, installment 12. Nice. Number Holy 12 shit. of Jane Six. I've been writing one a week and it's it's fun. But the new one is, the the one that's out today is like, I'm, it's my grossest one. Like I talk about carving up a body. Like I, I talk about, it's pretty dark. And so he always chooses a quote from the thing to kind of promote a river. And this one is Kim 12 didn't know there could be that much blood in a body. (laughs) It is so disturbing. This one, I, I was like, well, I got it. I, anyways, I'm excited about Tim's Tesseract. Have you ever found out how many people are, reading these or yeah he um he gave me the stats the other day i have the i have mine gets the number one hits other than his other than his splash page the first one jane six gets the most hits and uh he showed yeah. me things he was like yeah you're getting like 56 a day which i think is fantastic like yeah yeah i'm excited that, that there's that many people that want to read shit still out there yeah it's i mean i'm keeping them short but because I feel yeah. like it's just the internet 
So it's like your um, your fairy tale one about Christmas time. That I actually read in two sittings because I can't stare at a screen too long. Like once I start scrolling down, I'm like, I'll relate. It's different than a book for me. Like I can read books. Monday, I sat in bed all day and re- I was so hungover and I, I read a book all day and um, that I can handle. But reading on the internet, like something happens to my eyes or something. I don't know what happens. No, because even when I write, like, uh, I'll type it out, but then, like, when I have to review it and go over it, I actually physically print it out into hard copy. Oh. So then I can go through the hard copy, then I make notes. Then I just go back to the file, change that, and then I reprint it out. Because there's something about staring at the screen or reading on the screen that I don't really like. But I'm trying to build a collection of these to make, like, little audio book episodes out of, um, like, a podcast kind of form. Sure. So... Because I feel like that's kind of a good medium. Yeah. Uh, I know enough about, you know, computers and recording to add in backdrops and then have Tim with his little tiki torch machine fucking make some sounds out of it. <laughs> you know what? One of my favorite things on his website is actually, it's so funny. It's, and he's only done one of them, but it's Lifecraft. And he basically goes in, he goes into Minecraft, but he calls it Lifecraft. And he does, plays the game, but he says these weird things on top of it. And it's really funny. And it, the first one is accepting your mother as a single woman post-divorce. And it's just, it's, I've watched it like 12 times now. And I think it's hilarious. And I keep telling him, make another one of those. Because it's like filmmaking in the video game. And then he like right. puts music over it and talks and stuff. It's weird and fun. I'll probably, I'll maybe play it later on the, we got to push Tim's Tesseract because... Tim's yeah, I wish he was getting more contributors. He has a ton. He's got Mad Math, which is, um, I don't even know who it is. Jane Six is me. Ensign's Log is somebody else, The which is really funny, too. It's, um, it's a guy on the Star Trek ship who's got a log, and it's really funny. It's really good. Um, this is a new one from um, David Stolowitz. Kabbalistic fantasy. Uh, there's a picture of him. Editor's notes is what's supernatural dating tips. There's a bunch of people. There's one, two, three, four, five, six. No, but seven, I meant more eight, of like this, like the kind of the story focus. Stuff. Right, 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 right. Like I know people are doing weird shit, but I just I don't, I don't really enjoy that as much as I do the uh, short ones. I'm actually I'm getting ready to make some video content for him with my little alien monster guy, Smorgy Baba Bog. <laughs> and, uh, like Smorgasbord, but Smorgy Baba Bog. Smorgy Baba Bog. Yeah, like I'm basically, the whole thing is like, uh, I set up an Airbnb at my house, and this alien guy moved in, and he refuses to leave, and he's always talking about how he could take over the human race and enslave us if he wanted to. That's and very he's funny. always drinking my sodas. <laughs> You got to get, you watch the camera. This is very funny. My my buddy lives in a place with 20 people and um, they had to install a camera in the kitchen because they were like, and then they all had a fight. We shouldn't have a camera, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, no, we should have a camera because I want to know who's eating my tapatio or whatever. And so now they like, what if, if there's a missing soda, they like watch the film and then they go to the person and they're like, you fucking drank my soda. Oh my god! So and it deters people. Is this at Sylvan House? No, it's not at Sylvan. It's at um, it's at twenty, like it's down by Mission, the uh, upstairs where all the, it's like a you 
get a room in this big house with people. A lot of techies live there. And uh, it's just crazy to me. But they, uh, and they have these crazy parties there too. And it's, and the, and the roof always feels like it's going to fall. And you hang, anyways, it's, I wouldn't want to be there. No, I wouldn't want to. They have a shared bathroom, like, oh, hell with, no. like, Ugh. it's. Ugh. Uh, yeah, and the you know, kitchen there's some is nasty. Motherfuckers that live up in there. <laughs> I think they pay they pay for a cleaning person. It's part of the rent. Uh, but I would I could not. It feels like it's kind of like a purposeful SRO. It's like an SRO <laughs> for rich people, kind of. Yeah. Somebody, but in one of those rooms, somebody is a dope head or a crackhead. Probably. Someone. Someone. Out of yeah. one out of like nineteen. Oh, I just realized how many people do cocaine. I mean. <laughs> I I don't do it anymore. And once you stop doing it, you kind of it's sort of out of your you know sphere of reference or whatever. But I am noticing in the past two weeks how many fucking people are doing cocaine. There are a lot of people that do cocaine. People are getting like brazen about it. We were there was a guy and we were on the patio, and he goes, "You guys cool with drugs?" And I'm like, "Uh, "We're smoking pot. Is that a drug?" He goes, "I'm just asking because like." I'm going to, you mind if I do a little Coke? And I'm like, well, a little bit. Like, it's, can't you go in the bathroom for that? Would you want to do it on the patio? He goes, are you going to go in? your shame. Yeah. I mean, he's like, are you? And he starts kind of shaming us for drug shaming. And we're like, well, no, because we're like, we're not really cool with it out here. And he's like, well, uh, were you going to narc on me? You're going to go tell somebody? And I'm like, no, we're just saying that. Usually people go in the bathroom that for that kind some, of behavior. That is some privilege ass shit. Right. I, I wish I could go out and out in the patio on someone's deck and be like, "Hey, I'm going to do some lines right here, guys." And so yeah, so he and does the these lines, and then right, the cops didn't. Go, well, here was the thing. So he gets. I knew it was going to be a problem. We didn't Uh-oh. say anything. We didn't turn him in. But like two hours later, he got ejected from the bar because he threw a glass of beer at this girl, and then he what? threw another glass at the wall, and it bounced off. And you we don't all need to be stood doing up. no more cocaine. I, I was like, if you throw, you gotta go. I was like, I was like, you gotta, if you throw, you gotta go. There's no serious? throwing at a bar. You don't throw anything. You don't throw pool balls. You don't throw glasses. And at a woman too? At a woman. And then at another guy. He was just, he. He had too much. He had too much. Well, but that's the thing is cocaine. Turns you to a People dead. are assholes. I mean, oh, yeah. there are some people in the comedy yeah. scene right now that are just being total dicks to me and I want to be next time if they do it again when I'm around in front of me like last night I'm just going to look at them and say why don't you go in the bathroom and do a little bit more cocaine like I, I, I'm just well, going to say that like, is, <laughs> the drugs are acceptable based on what kind of person you are when you do them like drinking is acceptable but at the same time you can have too much and get pretty ugly Yeah. but if you smoke pot you're just going to chill and relax and you know, laugh at the word dinosaur. Right. And but if you there's... do acid or mushrooms, you're just going to expand your mind and feel a greater connection to Mother Earth. But if you do cocaine, you feel invincible, you get angry, you start getting creepy, heroin. I mean, like the heroin, the meth, the coke, like that's when people start Pills like feeling shit and getting crazy. My, my buddy, and I won't say his name, but you know who it is. He smoked heroin in front of me the other day. We were on a different what? back patio. Yeah, Damn, we're on a different. Was... We're on a different okay, back patio. Level. No, right? It was. We're on the. We're on a different back patio, not the Bender's one. It was a different one. And uh, I go out to smoke some bowls, and he comes out with me, and he goes, "Do you mind if I smoke some heroin?" And I'm like, "Go ahead." <laughs> and he pulls out a little thing and a little piece of foil, and he's burning whatever. Oh, and I was fuck. just like, "All right." Okay. See. 
Oh, it was like, and and I, and and I he we hung out for like an hour after that, and I throw no shade. I couldn't really he do, didn't act any differently, any different at all to me. I I I experienced no significant change in his behavior from what I normally know him as. He was just mellow. But not even that. We, I mean, we ended up going on a walk. He's like, I'm going to go play. I'm going to go play my squeeze box somewhere else and do something. I was like, okay, later. But <laughs> <laughs> as a person, <laughs> I never did any heroin. I'm, I've never, but as someone that does party, I am a, I do like, I, to, I tell everyone all the time, I do like cocaine, but you can't do it all the time. And yes, I think certain people should not do cocaine. I agree. People like me should not do cocaine. Because, yeah. I'm I'm gregarious enough. But then when you I I mean, my behavior on cocaine is no good. The last time I did it, actually, I had an amazing set and that was the problem is I I think it was and I think it was a long time ago, like dirty tricks, right? Like years oh, wow. and years ago. And I had done some and I was like had like what I felt was like the best set of my life. <laughs> And then I realized I, I really can't do this anymore because I could see myself Robin Williamsing and being like, you know, I need this to go on stage kind of right. thing, you know, or to yeah. to have a different kind. The same thing has happened to me with alcohol where I was like, I, oh yeah, I, when you get super wasted and it's like, you're so funny and it's like, how do I recreate that? Cause I don't remember what I did, but everybody was laughing. But when that happens to me, when I'm super drunk and people are laughing, they're laughing at me, not with me. But they're laughing at me not like because I'm funny, but because I'm acting funny. Right. Because I'm like a loser. Not loose down. I get drunk and people would laugh at me just for like my brazenness and like totally just not giving a fuck whether it was good or bad. And, and the excitement of not knowing what kind of happens next to the point where like Monday I went out and I did my little weekly show with the videos, which... We're getting rid of the comedians because all the comedians out here are fucking terrible. <laughs> None of them know what they're doing. And then they get like really angry and standoffish <laughs> with the people at the bar that are just trying to be at a bar and getting a, a buy one, get one free drink. They're right. like, why won't you listen to me and my amazing ideas? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so then uh, like, but like in order to do that show, I got I get really fucking drunk to the point where like I'm hung over the next day but then yesterday when I went out there to the bar just to meet up with some friends and like eat some tacos it was much more like paying attention like oh like you know what I've had a couple beers I'm not doing shots um, I'm just going to ease up for a little bit and kind of let this calm down and then I'll, I'll get another beer and oh hey you know I'm going to leave here pretty soon so I should probably start drinking and <laughs> drink a little bit of water maybe play some of these like toss the beanbag in the whole game right cornhole kind of kill some time and sober yeah. up. and there's like much more control where with drinking it's like or doing shows it's like you're launching a fucking rocket like you have to spike that shit so high to get fucked up well didn't and then you it's like you do your show which is you know 15 20 minutes and then you have to deal with the alcohol the rest of the night it, didn't yeah. you um you were in the um you were in that uh comedy there was a big contest and it happens every year and it was what down in um in san diego or something and you were super wasted i remember hearing this story where you were and but you made it you you made it to the second round 
or something. Oh, yeah. That was uh, the World Series of Comedy. World Series of Comedy. That's what it was. And we were in the preliminary round, and we went to the finals, and there was three comics in the finals, and you had to do a half hour. And they were kind of stupid, because (laughs) before the show happened, they were like, hey, just so you guys know, you guys were all really, really good. So instead of just taking one or maybe two of you, we're going to have all three of you move on to uh, the main event in Vegas. So then it was like, well, if I already moved on, then let's get fucking drunk and give these people the business. (laughs) And uh, so they ranked us from like first, second, and third, even though all three of us were going to go on. And I got third, and the guy came up to me afterwards, and he was like, you know, man, he's like, you were the guy that would have got first. But then you said cunt on stage. You ordered a drink on stage. Oh. And it, like, he like, went through like all these things. And it was like, well, yeah, I, I wouldn't have done that if I had to try to make an impression on you. But we were just uh, winning a chance to go to the next round. And right. I already got that. So now you're on my time, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and then how was Vegas when you went to Vegas? Uh, how did that go? Um, World Series of Comedy. I've never done Vegas. I, I've done open mics and I've sang karaoke, but I've never like done an actual show. Well, first of all, the the weird thing was, what I, I mean, overall, it was a good experience. The things I didn't like was the main guy who was running it used to be a comic or still was a comic. And during the shows, he's talking to us and he's like, you know, you got to consider what material you want to use and what you don't want to use. Uh, like, I know that, you know, if you were opening up for me, I wouldn't want this kind of stuff going. And he kept, like, referencing, like, if you could, if you were opening up for me, and all these other fucking idiot comics are looking at him like, yeah, I want to open up for you. And I'm like, that's like a death sentence. I would never want to work with you, man. Mm-hmm. You're kind of hacky offstage. I couldn't imagine what you'd be like on stage. Like, Well, there's... And when you get to those big places too, things get really hacky. Like the guy who always wears a red shirt and he has long hair and he has a guitar and his songs are dumb, but he always makes it to these things because that's the problem with these like world series of comedy is like, you know, there are people that, you know, play the, play the mouth. Uh, The ukulele. Yeah. The ukulele. But then we've got the pencil, the guy with the mouth pencil or whatever. But it's like the, so you've got no, real comedians. That shit's corny. What, what that's happened? what I hated about comedy, and that's what I hate about all the comedians out here, <laughs> is no one's trying to, like, interpret this as an art form and to, like, grow and to have some sort of, like, repetition. Everyone is just listening to podcasts and then following the footsteps <laughs> right. of that podcast. Like, when you go to these competitions, all these guys, they're wearing long sleeve button up shirts and you know jeans and like dress shoes like it's i called it the comedy uniform they all fucking look the same and all of them are doing their act with no teeth right that's why i never wanted to be on tv like why would i want to do what i do but do it in this dumbed down safe way so i could be on some show and maybe get 30 Twitter followers, like, that doesn't seem (laughs) valuable to me. That's not a night out. That's not the comics I like. But everyone tries to push you into that because it's safe in the club owner's eyes. Sure. Because when they book you for that stuff, no one's coming to see the middle act or the, you know, the openers. Right. They're coming to see the headliner, or they're coming to see the comedy show. And if you're doing anything risky or crazy, 
it might turn the conservative Christian off and they might leave the show and then they right. have people walking out of the show. Right. And if you do a good show, they just go, hey, that was, how was the comedy show? Oh, it was fun, man. Those guys are really funny. They never remember the opening bad, people. It's true. Not, not that, just in the show is in general. Yeah. You know, I'll have people come up to me, oh, hey, I like that, you know, space rocket bit that you did. And I'm like, that wasn't my joke. That was the headline. Like, people <laughs> don't retain information. And when the show's good, how was it? Oh, man, they were hilarious. We had a really good time. Yeah. Now they might try to stumble through one of the guy's jokes out of a hundred that they heard. But when the show's bad and they didn't like it, then it's a different story. Well, when we got there, Jimmy was running a little bit late. And we came in, and his cell phone went off. And then the comic said, hey, don't be an idiot. Turn your cell phone off. And I was like, look, I manage a Target, and I'm not going to have someone talking to me like that at this place. And then the waitress didn't bring out drinks fast enough, and they were really watered down. Like, when it's bad, there's this whole story that goes on to it that captures people's attention. Or they get online and they write bad reviews. Like, go to a comedy club's Yelp page, and they'll be like, had a great time, show was awesome, you know, Ben was fucking funny, five stars. <laughs> but then when it's bad, it's like four paragraphs long. Yeah, when it's bad, they do, they do tra uh, trounce it out. So that's the thing, though, is that I consider comedy an art form, too. I almost consider it a political art form that you're, because it's, it's spoken word, it's language, but you know, we're eliciting an emotional response of laughter. But also, I trying to make people think yeah beyond and even when i do cheap sex jokes oh my god steve last week i was on the showcase and there's an older woman comedian and uh she did all sex jokes and i'm sitting outside listening and i was like she's cheapening herself and i remember so steve was the one who told me years ago he was like pam you know i know people laugh at your sex jokes and the dick in the mouth and stuff but i, I think you're funnier than i or i think you're smarter you than that play on the dirty he said he said i think you're smarter than that you can actually say something and so then i started kind of writing more political stuff now i have a lot of abortion material which still kind of links to sex obviously because you have to have sex to get an abortion but so but i'm trying to be more political and informing and see it as like not one dimensional comedy right yeah well not one dimensional with just specifically sex jokes and it was i mean listening to her it was almost i almost felt embarrassed yeah. for her and i was like god that was what my set used to be like yeah. it was just all it's it, it's sex but jokes. I, mean, I mean like to a certain extent like i think that's kind of like what ruined comedy like the more yeah. comedy that i watched the more comedians that were being celebrated were these were these fucking victim captaineers. Like everyone's got this thing of like, well, you know, I was a little, I wasn't very social, so you know, do comedy, right? And all these fucking just weak people that were clinging to the violations that happened to them as a human being. And that's never what I got. And I'm not saying that it's bad, but for me personally, that's not what I got in the comedy before. I didn't come to hear your fucking Seth speech Lincoln. on inequality with your humorous fucking hand gestures. I came to have a good time and have some sort of connection and feel some kind of a risk, which, you know, that reflects in the comedies that, and the comedians that I liked. Doug Stanhope, Patrice O'Neill, guys that were saying like crazy what would be considered horrible things but then they had a point to them that made it be like, wow, this shit is really fucking horrible and isn't really the status quo of what's acceptable, but it does make sense to a certain degree. 
I, in other words, I think it's mostly like the dark shit. Dark shit. Yeah. I, I think dark shit is hilarious. Like I. I, I mean, it, de- it depends on what the, the darkness is for. I oh, mean, well, the way yeah. the comedy is an art form is you feel connected some way. Right. And the, not you the, either feel connected to the comic or the other audience going, what the fuck are we watching? Zach Wiseman painting with his butthole. <laughs> not the self-loathing dark shit where it's just about me, 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 and my depression, me, 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 depression kind of co- comedians. Because yeah, there's, there's a lot, a lot of, of those. Like, we get it. You're a fucking loser. Get off the <laughs> get on with the Get on with the funny words talk. Right. Sadness and safety. We get it. People yell at me online. And I'm like, hey, guys. Knock it off. I'm not here to hold your hand. I'm here to have fun and enjoy one of the few nights off that I get. We get it. You're a loser. All right. So, uh, are chuckle, you... Chuckle. Are, uh, did you get into the classes? Are you going to... Are you going to be in this iron worker class in mid-March, or uh, what's going on with that? Uh, I'm waiting for a letter. Apparently, for a like letter. they just hire a glut of people, and then they just weed you out along the way. It's, huh. it's very like military kind of structure. Interesting. Oh, but you're a hard but worker. You'll I, be I fine. I like the peace and the stability that it brings. Yeah. Instead of all the chaos of uh, the shows, but, and that is the other thing is, you know, with stand up, you have to listen and pay attention and kind of keep track of the details in order to get the payoff, especially if you're telling stories to where, you know, that small, minute thing that I kind of referenced in the beginning of this five-minute bit makes everything come together. But because of the Internet and the fact that everyone's drinking alcohol, people can't really follow along (laughs) to any kind of detail. Day of the way. Yeah, it's just like, I was buying some salami at the deli which is weird because I'm a lesbian (laughs) we get it you're you're a lesbian well my sister's a lesbian so you're the comic for her (laughs) are you a black person well here's a black comic you'll like him because you guys are both black I I feel connected I, but I mean, that's that's you're Italian. So true. You want to be on our meatball subs of comedy or the spaghetti stringers? It's so true. Yeah, I I want to. I would love to I go on a politics on a, comedy. Right. Speaking of, uh, so oh. to, we haven't said anything about the news at all except Nefertiti. Steve, what's happening right now in the world in Missouri that's the scariest? Any race wars this week? No race wars. Uh, actually, the big thing out here is. Dude, there was a lot of like missing women. What? Oh shit. Yeah, and they're all they're all turning up dead. dead? Uh, uh there might be a serial killer. Are they not t- like expecting foul play? Like it's basically like they were they got fucked up or did some kind of drug and their car broke down, so they went walking for help and it was too fucking cold and they froze to death. Whoa! Oh, that's some scary. Yeah, shit. like I mean that's that's one thing that kind of brings people together in this area is the fact that the weather can fucking kill you. Wow. Like, absolutely. That shit ain't, so, like, ain't no joke. There was a girl that was missing and they found her at the bottom of like some, like not a ravine, but like, you know, in between highways, how, especially if you have like an on-ramp that goes over like another mm-hmm. highway, yeah. you get those kind of sloped hills. They found her down in there. She got, fucked up and fell down here and got tangled up and froze to death. Wow. And she, she had a kid. She was like 39 years old. Wow. So, and that gets even scarier when you talk about, you know, people roofing people out here. What? 
that's a thing that well i mean it's a thing obviously but is that that's like a you have to watch your drink at a club because that's what people are into oh well i mean it's actually out here it's more common for men to get roofied uh not to be sexually taken advantage of we just we're this whole hashtag need to support the fucking weak people <laughs> these weak men who can't feel comfortable and talk to women they'll go oh i like this girl but she's talking to this guy well, I'll roofie this guy and get him out of the picture. <gasps> wow. And then I can go up and talk to him. Fucking what the that is some insidious that. shit. What the hell? Dude, and, and that's, that's fucking, and that's where you get it from because everyone looks at the news or looks at Twitter and then they interpret it within themselves. And a lot of people miss the fucking point of shit and then they just contort it into whatever they want it to be. Like, well, so, he, so yeah, these alpha guys and their bro stuff, and they're out there and they're jockeying around. No, motherfucker, if you want to impress somebody, go get your body in shape, develop right. a personality, <laughs> learn how to fucking make somebody laugh. Don't just sit around with your Battlestar Galactica dolls and cry. Yeah. <laughs> and Rufy and motherfucker, damn. That's just that's yeah. amazing that's, to me that that would be even be. That that would even be a game plan. That that's, you'd be like, oh, dude, it's happened to me three times. What? Out there? Oh, yeah. what, what? Out here after comedy shows. What the? Are, what, wait, 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 wait. Who? Who's some... so? It's other guys roofing you. Do you think to take you out of the picture, or just to, they don't want? It's not because they want to butt rape you. It's... Well, no, every time it's happened, it's because uh, it was after a comedy show where I had a really, really good set. Uh-oh. And then when I got off stage, a bunch of women came up wanting to talk to me. Hey, that and is like it's hate one thing hurt. if you get really, really fucking drunk and you black out and you wake up with a hangover. It's another thing if you're drinking and then you black out and you wake up and you don't have any hangover. Whatsoever. Wow. And a lot of the stuff that they use is that uh, that GHB shit, which right. you can carry in water bottles. Yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, there's different levels of roofies. Some of them, right. they kind of knock you out unconscious. Some of them just black you out and super ramp you up. Right. Well, GHB is weird because you're not supposed to, it's really unsafe to drink with it. You really, if you're going right. to do GHB and people that do it, and they make it, a lot of people make it themselves, and you put it in an act bottle. Remember those bottles where you squeeze them and then mm-hmm. they have a little blah, 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 like it comes up to yeah. the top of it. And that's the dosage that you take, or you know how much, and you can't drink for like 12 hours before. And you take like one little and it's shot. it's clear, and it has no smell. Yeah. And yeah. if you're somebody who drinks vodka and club soda. You can't tell. You can't tell. And so what it does is, it's like six beers, right? In that one little shot. It's like, yeah. it's like six beers, but if you drink with it, it gets even crazier. And you can just, um, that used to be a problem in Oceanside, uh, and the police came to our school and they were telling us about it when I was a teacher and they were like, they were, te- they were teaching us about drugs so that we could like know if our kids were on drugs or whatever. But I was like, I want to learn about some motherfucking drugs. So they, <laughs> th- but they said that it was very common that a car would just, the engine would still be on, but it'd be like at a stop sign and it'd just be there. And then someone would be in it. And they would, they'd be like, oh, it's GHB because they pass out while they're dry, like they're waiting at a stop and just, you pass out. You just, all of a sudden you're just out. And it's this, it's this GHB stuff. It's crazy. John Stamos it. Yeah. The same, he got it. That's kind of what, um, what happened to him. He, uh, 
got arrested like I guess a couple of years ago. Yeah, they had some GHB in his system. Whatever. That shit's gross. It is. It's gross. I don't, I'm, it's gross. Yeah. That that is what it is I, good I for realize, though. I didn't realize the magnitude of it until I heard a Joe Rogan podcast where him and uh, comedian Burt Kreischer were talking about it, and they were like, oh, yeah, nowadays, man, you never, ever take a drink from an audience member that you don't see the bartender specifically grab the bottle and pour you because fucking there's a bunch of... That's the, that's the, the biggest thing now is when people are successful or doing something well... No one goes, wow, that person must have worked hard. I should work hard, too. Now it's this attitude of, well, they think that they're better than me. Well, uh, I could be cool, too. Well, I'll show him. <laughs> and they're, like, angry about Hate. other people's success. Right. Haters. Well, GHBs is no, is, is no joke. Oh, so, no. Don't, I, wouldn't, I mean, I've never, I don't, I don't think I've been roofied with that stuff. I don't know if I've ever been I, roofied. I, I, I think I, so. I think it's happened to me because I've... I've had gone friends. home and I've had things and I've been like I didn't drink that much I shouldn't be that fucked up I, I've had friends in front of me so, and luckily it was like a group of us girls and and this happened twice with some girlfriends of mine but luckily as women when we go out we go out in packs right. always have a yeah. girlfriend sure because stupid shit like that right you know that fucking roofie ah, terrible terrible like people. why why well I feel I mean, like said, they're jealous or whatever Steve Foji talking to the raping girls. and hating Damn. I know well <laughs> I think too is it's like especially <laughs> with everything that's been going on uh, all these people that are sexual creeps are fucking really successful and wealthy wow Ooh. so I think if you're yeah. a dumb person you're like well that guy was successful and wealthy and he did that I mean he, he as long as he didn't get caught I mean he was living that cool life because oh, Jesus. If, if you're that socially damaged, then for the most part, you're not understanding why these other people are finding success in this area that you're struggling in. And you obviously don't know how to self-assess yourself. So you just look at weird things like, oh, hey, this person's in shape or this person falls into this stereotype and that's why they're like that. Or you get the really aggressive guys that are like, well, girls are just stupid and they don't understand the nice guy because nice guys always finish last. I'm here to hold your hand and call you my lady. And, you know, why can't I have any action? So you drug her. Okay, here's the only thing that GHB is good for. If you are... Weightlifting? It's actually, it's for weight. If you're a girl and you're really, you don't want to consume, you know, five beers, but you want to be wasted and you take some GHB, it's like, you know, no calories. So it's like being drunk. It's good for eating disorders. If you want to be a drunk and you have an eating disorder, GHB is the drug for you because <laughs> you're worried about the calories. Because even vodka and has vodka like, soda. well, it, even vodka soda has like 80 calories, which mm-hmm. is, it's like the lowest calorie drink. It's and the best way to go. And you're going to be drinking six of them. So Yeah. So, well, I mean, yeah. those things. Are uh, I just got my apprenticeship letter. What does it say? I am in June 14th to June 25th classes. Yay! That means you can come out here in March. Yay, school. Yeah. Yay! That's oh, that's so, love. it's bad for you, but that's great for me and Spike. Well, it's not bad. It's just, I, I wanted to get on this as soon as possible. Yeah. But, I mean, there's a reason why shit happens. So what date's in March? Uh, Jonathan and I leave the 13th. And we come back the 20th. We're seven days in Mexico. Uh, for real? Week. 
of just okay. a week. Yeah, we're um, going to we're going to the same place we went in December, and we're just gonna chill. And nice. I love that view, and we're gonna. Oh God, I love that place. Um, so for I, uh, I yeah, I guess uh, ask um, have Jonathan ask work. Chris yeah, if uh, he wants to do that same kind of work setup. Absolutely, that would I'm sure work they for do. him. And then if that's good, then uh, I'll 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 book some tickets. Sweet. I'll probably try to do the. Uh, uh, hold on, let me grab a pen. I yeah, either come come earlier so we can hang out for a couple of days or stay late. Either way, it's fine. That would be fun. So what days did you say? I'm Tuesday. Everyone knows my travel plans now. The 13th. Uh, Tuesday the 13th of March through Tuesday 13th. the 20th of March. Those are our, we fly out in the morning and back in the afternoon. Taking care of business. Taking care of business. Okay, and this is after the festival? This is after the festival. This is in March. March. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically, we booked this because Jonathan knew I was going to be a basket case after the, and it's true, the the festival is 14 days away and we only have two pre-sales, so I'm losing my fucking mind. I'm like, come on, buy the tickets online. But um, hopefully soon. When is the festival? The first through fifth. fifth. Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018 brought to you by Spark. March 1st through 5th, 25 shows, 5 days, 37 comics from all over the United States. Even some famous ones. We have one, God, I can't wait till she does a little promotion on Facebook for us. Just 95,000 likes. Wow. I'm not even kidding. 95K. <laughs> Damn. Not 9,500. Nine, uh, she's big. She's actually tiny. She was on Little Women of LA. Oh, nice. So she's a little person. Who is it? I used Her to name is it. Lila Hart. Oh, I know who that so, is. I used um, to watch that show, by it, the way. It's, yeah, she was in season two. There was an episode where they all came to see her comedy because she has all these jokes about like, she's so funny and she talks about being a midget and she uses the word and they get so mad at her. They're like, we don't like that word. And she's like, I'm getting people to identify. She's like, I'm taking the word back. They're like, no, you're not taking it back. You're making us look bad. And she starts crying. It's amazing. She's amazing. I've seen that episode. Mm. So Lila Hart is coming for the festival and um, the funniest comedian in Maine. He won Maine's Portland, Maine's funniest comedian in all of Maine. He's coming. He's the, I mean, Stephen King land. Yeah. Right. I'm about to talk to him about that, (laughs) but um, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun this year. I mean, hell you could come out as early as the first or the fifth and be on the last day of shows and then stick around if you want to. But that's a long time. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be against that as long as I'd be able to work and make money. That's the only thing is yeah, I yeah, can't yeah. have yeah. stagnant funds, you know? Right, right, right. No, we'll talk to Jonathan about that. Yay! Yay! This is so great. Because so, oh. Spike, Spike really likes it when Steve lives there. <laughs> yeah, he, I think I'm his little personal heater, man, because he just wanted to lay all over me. I yeah, think. he gets all up in. Love that cat. And come home and he'd yell at me for his egg. <laughs> yeah, his egg. Well, I just I, I'll be able to see Jonathan screaming some people's faces as we drive to work. No, no, no. He's not. He's <laughs> curbing. He's making behavioral changes, and he's no longer going to be road raging at all. That that'll negatively impact your life carrying around anger like that. It's yeah. Jonathan yells at everybody in the car. He feels that he's going to tell them how to be better drivers he gets very frustrated but the, the problem is that I told him I go when you yell out my side of the window I feel like you're yelling at me and I know you're <laughs> yelling through me at the people but I feel like I'm being yelled at and then the people look at me and I'm like it's not I don't have anything to do with this yelling I'm embarrassed for everyone in this situation 
So there's that. But he says he, he says he's really gonna he's making behavioral changes with the anger issues um, in the car specifically. I say get rid of the car. Like he we could just bart everywhere. We're in fucking San Francisco. What what do we need? Right. But but it's also nice to get out of the city to escape. Yeah. Uh, I just, that's just my opinion. Yeah, no. I mean it's great. He has a he has a license and it's incredible. I really that's I I don't have I do not have the ability to drive motor vehicles. <laughs> that's just the way it is. I got to take my driver's test on the f- second. Oh. Yeah. And I f- I failed last year. Uh, my written test that is Uh and I'm taking it again so I've decided that there are too many cars and that licenses are too easy to get and that we should actually have a mental health component to getting your license because people with anger issues and they might even be doing this in the DMV without our knowledge like maybe if there was so when you're waiting in line and then you have to wait in the other line like you wait in a line to get the number and then you wait in another line till your number is called I think that that might be like a psychological deep psychological testing and if anybody loses their fucking shit they're like they can't have a license they have road rage issues right like if you rage in line and you're not even behind the wheel you're gonna fucking rage so I, I feel like there should be a psychological component to driving that we just I feel like we should just make the homeless people give you piggyback rides everywhere you want to go. <laughs> You're a genius. I mean, if we're going to dominate their life, let's do it completely. <laughs> Jesus. The like, 75... hey, you gave me a ride to 7th Street. Here's a pack of socks. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the trade economy. That'll be that'll be perfect. So, good stuff. So, no race wars for Poji. Oh, Anything is, else in the news? There is something crazy going on in uh, misery. Oh, that um, that one uh, clown, Cortland, whatever his face, who's running for Senate. Steve. Oh, I, I don't get involved in the politics out of here. Oh. I go to church. <laughs> yeah, he's... Uh, no, it's it's weird because like even like around the union, like if you're in the union, you're supposed to vote a certain way because to continue to increase the benefits of the union. I mean, screw the whole, uh, you know, these people are illegal. They shouldn't be in this country. They've got signs posted up uh, down the street here. They're like, these apartment buildings are built by out-of-state workers. Wow. Damn. Like, the news really trains you to believe that whatever you have, some some guy's coming from somewhere else, and he's going to take it. He's going to take it all from you. Yeah. So you need to be scared. You need to go to church and... If they look different than you, God damn it, they're not good people. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, it's the same reason people don't like the gays. It's because they have, I mean, everyone's so specific about where they put their dick or who's what. Yeah, I mean, even, but especially with the construction trades, I've noticed out here, I've met a lot of guys that are like, oh, yeah, no, I'm a carpenter. My dad was a carpenter. My great grandfather was a carpenter. They've all worked for the same company. They've never left. So it's like you don't have people that know anything other than their little tiny bubbles. Yeah. You, know, you, you see that a lot on the internet of where, you know, people just kind of, they only read certain news sites that put news with a spin on it that they like. The things to be said for living life, especially when you're in a place that's, you know, relatively isolated compared to like a major city where that kind of stuff's just thrown upon you. Right. I don't pay attention to any, I mean, I don't look at any news. I, I don't even... I don't even pay attention to it 
scrolling on the sides of anything. I just read it every even, day. You read it every day? Every of course day. you do. Well, that's what, I get my news from you. That's that's <laughs> how it works it. every... I'm um, one of those like kind of old lady people that like, oh, I got to pick up the paper, but the paper is like my Huffington Post or the sure, Guardian. Sure. Yeah. And I'll sit there and read and catch up and get angry right. for about an hour and some change and then go run. Yeah, go run it out. Get but, the anger. Yeah. See, that's a very healthy thing. But I mean, to me, like it, especially right now, it's really important to keep up with what's going on because what's going on is affecting me. Yeah, and absolutely. My my ability to survive and you know my money, my pocketbook yeah. and shit. But though, I mean, it's nice to get a break from it. Yes. But and I I also find out what's going on like you know like in mis- misery and yeah. Chicago, like what I was about to mention was there's this dude named Cortland Sykes in misery who's not even originally from there he just moved there six months ago who's running for he's a Republican running for uh, U S Senate wow just and, moved six months ago yeah and he's trying to take Claire McCaskin's seat so he did like this op ed letter he's like a really hardcore sexist like huh. he. He said something like, uh, well, you know, he don't like the Muslims and darkies, of course. Go figure. Sure. Um, but he said, like, it's exactly the kind of family dinner that I expect one day my future daughters will learn to make after they become traditional homemakers wow. and family wives. Think Norman Rock, Rock, uh, Rockwell here and Gloria Steinem be damned. Like, this wow. is like some of the shit he said. He's like, get back, get in the kitchen, bitch. Make me a nice meal. Yeah. And, wow. but, the, no, but he even said... What this is even when my worse. daughters become good wives because women need to serve men because what else would they be on God's green earth for other than to sure he said but some, I mean, he said something about like you know how feminists have this snake these snakes in the head and all this like wow. and then like you like know, Medusa snakes in the head yeah yeah it's he this is what he said about his fiance Chanel my fiance has given me orders orders to favor these rights so I better he said but Chanel knows that my obedience comes with a small price that she loves to pay anyway I want to come home to a home cooked dinner at 6 every night one that she fixes yeah I'm running for Senate wow wow but see I mean everybody (laughs) understands that like a lot of like the deep rooted like neo-Nazism and like KKK like for the most part, exactly. that shit's passed down generation generationally. Mm-hmm. Sure, you know, like great granddaddy was a Nazi and Papa was a Nazi, and I'm going to honor them. Well, if you take <laughs> that kind of thing and you expand on that to just everyday life, like this is the way life's supposed to be, and when you live somewhere else, then you see, oh, well, these people they don't live life that way; they live it a little differently. But when yeah. you're just in the same area, you get scared because. Now it's not that people are getting more opportunities or more rights. It's that people are taking away everything you've ever known to be true. <laughs> yeah. Well, the that, dinosaur I mean, bones were put back together. people. It's scary, especially in a in an area where you know religion is so clung to because people don't have the ability to think for themselves or to plan for themselves. Wow. There's this terrible thing that happened. What do we do? You pray to the invisible man. What do you mean? What do you do? You know what to do, motherfucker. Start praying. Yeah. 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 No, I mean... Jesus will save us. Oh, and those Jesus signs, when you go... If you keep going down south, because he's only in St. Louis, if you keep going down to where I'm originally from, the Ozarks, you will see signs, what you just said, that Jesus will save. And there's a, there is oh, a, bunch yeah. of, there's a bunch of religion, but there's a bunch of drugs, too. 
and there is worth the conflict. Oh, it's all, we used to play the game of, are we going to see more anti-abortion billboards or more uh, porn shop billboards? Oh, I love the porn shop ones. Porn kills families. That's one of my wow. favorite. That's, that's on Highway Porn 44. kills families. <laughs> porn kills families. Wow. Yeah. And, and it'll be would, right next to a The only store. thing we have to bridge that gap is technology. But now you have all these algorithms that just show you more of what you want to look for, so you're able to reinforce your fucking stupid-ass beliefs instead of expanding <laughs> and opening up to how the world actually fucking works. Right. Oh, but if I, they keep you poor, then you can't travel to the places, and you can't see different things, and you can't learn, so you're easier to program. Right, and if you yeah. don't if you don't read books, and you don't know how to read, uh, <laughs> then you don't... stupid people. I got a flat screen, 50-inch TV, I don't read. DVDs, well, motherfucker. You but the thing, the, the thing that's so important about reading that I think that we miss a lot is that fiction, in its story construction teaches us empathy so when you read a book and it's different than watching a movie and it's different than watching a tv show because that's like the passive imbibing of images like they're there and you're taking them in but you're taking them in from the director's perspective and what the actor is bringing but when it's in your head when you're reading the symbols on the page and you put it into your mind and your mind makes a picture you're able to like connect with the work and you can you can read a story where it's like a black protagonist dude, you know, with roots or something. What I mean, a, a, uh, what's the native son? Or um, you can have you can read different books and you can take the you can see the characters from your perspective. You're in their perspective and it's in your head and there's a weird relationship there. You can't and tell I, these fools to read, but look, it teaches look, empathy. Look, and I I think that they voted no, for. because you saw the website I sent you. Oh, I know. Oh, God, that was so scary. All the crimes. What's going on? So Steve sent me a a website, and I scroll. He goes, scroll to the bottom of it. And And where it shows you all the other articles you can look at. And it's all black guys that are like mugshots and and terrible things. This guy's caught. This guy's caught. We're looking for this guy. It's it's that paper. We used to laugh at that. Yeah. What what, what was that paper called? It was Fox Tune STL. Oh shit! Wait, wait, was the news? It's the Damn. news. Yeah, it's like it's oh, a news, God. and you scroll yeah. down, and it's all scary black people. It's all scary black people. Scary black all of people. them. I'm the like, fear. so white people don't do any crimes in Missouri. Is and it, that, I, that becomes your image of what black people are around the world. Criminals. Right. Sure. Yeah. That's why we have that stigma supposedly be create created by the media. Yeah. The fear of the like the black man. Ooh, scary. When it's actually well, there's only 12% black people in this country, so who do you think is the majority? Wow, of, only 12%? Yeah. yeah who do you think, if, you, if you're the minority, who's the majority? Yeah. And who's the majority that is doing most of the crime, and who is on food stamps? I, sure. I don't know, Peggy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's not about opening people up and exposing you to new things. It's about getting clicks and likes and shares and retweets. Well, what's going to do that? The most... Shocking shit sure. you could possibly find. Salacious. The yeah. salacious news. There was um yeah. actually, um, speaking of something like that, there was a woman, uh, she worked for a Florida uh, news station. She'd been there for like 20 years. And the, uh, her neighbor, they were fighting over a parking spot. Oh. And her neighbor basically, or excuse me, the guy that was filming her shouting was just... Um, 
said something like, "Well, that's why your or your son's dating a nigger," and Whoa. and it came out of nowhere. She said, "I finally said it." <sighs> and now mind you this lady who just shouted that out of nowhere when they're fighting over a parking space works she's a producer tv producer uh in miami so which means she she already has a stigma of what salacious scary things that she's going to put on to the news for people to view she is part of the symptom of why we have this horrible stigma yeah. of what is false right pervasive so, fear of uh so you have people like that people. on the on the fox channel that do that shit yeah you know so. but it's totally biased well i mean we have bias mm. too we have super bias obviously against the what well, all the I mean, ridiculous things that are happening I, a lot of the st louis schools lost their accreditation so you know when you get somebody that's uneducated like even at the iron workers pre-apprenticeship meeting you're, we're not going in there because we went to fucking Harvard. Right. We're going in there because we're trying to learn a school and we can make a crazy-ass wage by risking our life being three stories up with a bunch of people from prison. <laughs> but when you look at that, like there was, there's a couple military guys in there, but for the most part, it's people that are uneducated, that can work with their hands, and you can hear the difference in them talking. When you get oh. the uneducated white guy, he's like, Hey, y'all, uh, what's going on, y'all? Y'all see that Super Bowl with Tom Brady? <laughs> but then when you get the uneducated black guys, they're like, hey, man, uh, what what are you doing with this uh, general thing around, you know, mean man? That's pretty like, good. <laughs> and it, you took me back like, home, man. <laughs> there's, there's no other solution. It's not like San Francisco where you can have an idea and run with it. No, there's out some here, dumb motherfuckers like, out here, though. If you're white, you're going to go to college, the military, or you're going to get into the trades. But, black, well, it, but here's the thing I just looked athlete, at. You're going to rap, or you're going to get into the trades. Uh, like, college isn't pitched to you. Well, here's, but, but here's another thing, too. I There's another spectrum of stupidity. Those who did go to a university who are college educated, but are still dumb motherfuckers mm. all that money that it was wasted and you still a dumb ass yeah. and you you may be book smart but you gotta have some social and street smarts and there are a lot yeah, of dumb motherfuckers no out here like that practical life application when you're someone who's sitting around dreaming of ways you can make life better you know you know what i think would be great is if we just stop hating people oh yeah no shit motherfucker how are you gonna get that into place though well you know it's we gotta get on social media and start a hashtag. Yeah, oh God. <laughs> there you go. See, <laughs> it's the just. I looked up. I looked up uneducated white people, and these were the stories that came out. Number one, why are white uneducated voters voting for Trump? Two, why Trump won because voters are ignorant, literally. <laughs> yeah, it's not he rural voters who feels, put Trump in office. Right? It's he white people. He says what he feels. God damn it! Right, but it's it's, it's interesting though that it it's it's a it's not rural it's not rural it's voters not who rural. put Trump in office. There's it's people, white people. There's some exactly. There's some Trump supporters here in SF. Don't get it twisted. They yeah. just ain't they just ain't saying. <laughs> in the wake of the shocking election, the postmortem discourse has centered on what we refer to as the rural working class in polite discussions. Although this euphemism can often be interchangeable with rural America, middle America, the Rust Belt, people of Walmart, or just poor people when they, we think they can't hear us. 
blah, 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 blah. Anyways, it's, we, everyone is, why are we blaming the working class vote? It's white people across every class and education and gender line. <laughs> it was, I mean. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I mean, but it's, it's also how the media spin things out of control. If you look back just at the simple Colin Kaepernick taking a knee. Yeah. Colin Kaepernick started taking a knee during the national anthem as a form of trying to highlight that uh, a lot of you know minority kids who were unarmed were getting gunned down and treated unfairly and yeah. racially targeted. And he wanted to make a statement of this is something we need to look into and this is something that we need to address. Well, the media spins that and now... Him doing that is it's about he the fucking flag. hates our military. Right, right, <laughs> right. He exactly. Hates the, he hates the soldiers, the troops. Stupid. My dad right. was a troop and he died. He hates my dad. Right. No, you're, it's exactly, and that's Get those my, son of a bitches off the field. When my dad sent me, he was sending all those things about oh. taking a knee in the NFL and, and our military and troops, and I'm like, the two are completely separate issues. Unless you want to say that some of our police force come from the military and that the military are... First of all, you know, dangerous fuck the killers. police force. There is just up here um, near uh, Sacramento, you had a whole police force working with some Nazis. Oh, that's I, and there was a new police. I read a story about yeah. um, about the police force that were take stealing the drugs from the drug dealers and then reselling. They're basically they were their own mafia. Basically, they were sell, taking drugs and. Selling them, distributing them, them yeah. for themselves. It was like six cops or something. And I'm Fucking like, dirty what? ass. I ain't kneeling for those motherfuckers. Yeah. Well, um, but the mis- yeah, the whole mili- the thing is like I hate the fact that people fell into that bullshit. Like yes. that is not what it's about. No, it's about police brutality. Yeah, it's not about. This is how dumb. Dis- people are. I mean, it's. Dumb. But it's because we and he. I'm glad he brought it up and put it in the conversation because it's it. You know we. We shoot unarmed black children. We don't usually shoot unarmed white black, children. We <laughs> shoot unarmed we? black people, period. People, people. Yeah. Kids, children, women, yeah. men, midgets. Midgets. Little people. Little people. I mean, yeah. and, and brown people too. You get you get some pop pop too. Yeah. Um, but the fact of the matter, it's just yeah. people are just fucking stupid. I know. How do we how do we change the world? But we, but Steve, how how are you what are you doing every day to try to make Missouri a more thoughtful place? Are you kidding me? These people are fucked. I'm trying to hide from them and not exist anywhere. I stopped public speaking because I didn't want to deal with this shit anymore. These, I mean, you're talking about people that whenever you talk about police brutality, they only talk about Michael Brown uh because that's the only one that happens in their mind. They don't. They don't understand the other ones. Which was wrong anyway. It. Which was wrong just, anyway. Sure. They they see the Michael Brown incident, and then they see the people that uh, burned down the QT, <laughs> and like I I don't know if I talked about this before, but I read a news article where they're like, we built a community center at the tragic site of where the QT was burned down. And it was, it was a, it's a building that burnt down for a major corporation that has insurance. Like, <laughs> why, we're not mourning QT. <laughs> People, but the thing is, that QT was worth more than Michael Brown's life to a lot of people. 
and that's well, really he fucked. Was, well, that's really fucked up. Well, it, I one don't. Of, one of the big things that happened with that that really fucked everything up is Michael Brown gets shot and killed, and then his buddy comes up and says, gives this scenario of this, of like Michael Brown was running, the cop told him to stop and to back up, and he had his hands up, and the cop still shot him. Then. Uh, a couple months later, a couple weeks later, that same friend comes out and goes, actually, I lied. That's not what happened. Uh, I heard a gunshot and I started running and I hid and I didn't come out till after he was, after everything was over. So then everyone's like, well, you're a fucking liar. This whole thing started off on a lie. That's what a lot of like, when you hear the people say, hands up, don't shoot. Then you get the the old crotchety bill. That was a lie. The kid lied. That never happened. The autopsy showed. (laughs) I don't mean to laugh at that, but I'm just getting a visual of a person actually really saying that because people believe that shit. Well, yeah, because nobody's looking at stuff and analyzing it and being objective about it. They're just, okay, where's the stuff that supports my side of the argument? And that's what I'm going to scream in someone's face. Right. And, and yeah, when everyone's screaming, you, we're not really listening to each other anyways, are we? Uh, no, and that's the purpose of social media. It, it, social media is not about connecting you with your friends. It's about showing how much better you are than everyone your else. Your brand is. You, your right. brand. Did you see Jimmy got 9,000 likes? Fuck Jimmy. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> you know, people actually die for likes literally like people will commit suicide or they'll do stupid shit on youtube and try to get liked and try to get famous and end up dying whoa (laughs) what happened was is we had the osborns come out with that reality tv show (laughs) where it showed you you can have a lot of money but be really really fucked up yeah okay then after that we had jackass where it's like you can let a guy pee in your mouth and you'll be famous yeah you'll have a lot of money then what? we had Charlie Sheen, who was like, I did coke and fuck hookers. I'm winning. I and now I have AIDS. AIDS. Winning. He has AIDS. AIDS. A- I mean, HIV. He has HIV. I didn't know that. Girl, yeah. Oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't know what's happening. I have no idea. <laughs> that's what that you do. That's what happens when you fuck a lot of hookers all the time and do a lot of crack. I, I guess well, so. No, he was, it, I, there was a guy who told a story about uh, the CDC, and they were out at a show, and they were like, you know, the, the biggest thing about AIDS is that it's like for all intents and purposes, unless you're like sharing needles, it comes from homosexual sex. Like regardless of whether or not this was true, this is what this guy was saying. He's like, we, it, it's so hard that it's to the point where we have a joke around the office to where, what do you call a straight guy with AIDS? A fucking liar. <laughs> wow. What? Wow. That's their office joke. Wow. Damn, that's fucking brutal. Yeah, wow. Oh, we're not afraid of AIDS though anymore, are we? I mean, that was that was the '80s, early '90s scare. Oh, no, it's still it's, around. No, I know it's still around, but it's like the fear doesn't seem to be. I think the fear is still out there, but the thing is, it's it, it's just you you have. Well, unfortunately, you're you oh, not unfortunately, but you're fortunately you're able to live longer, but those medications are fucking expensive. expensive. I like. Everyone knows someone that does have some HIV. Well, when and when Steve brought up the CDC, I was like thinking, what? I think they released that. I think that we released that virus 
like the, our government released the virus and knew about it. And they, I think they probably have had a cure all along and they've just been holding it back unless you have enough I money. I thought they, it was created because they were scientists who were doing shit with monkeys. Well, and that's, that's what they say rumor. is that, that, that someone had sex with a monkey and that's where <laughs> the virus was initially. Does that, that's, right. did, haven't you heard that story? No. No, I, I've heard that story. I've, I always love Dave Chappelle's joke. Yeah, that's actually what I was thinking. Where he, he's like, he's like, you don't just fuck a person and then fuck a monkey. <laughs> like no one ever says, like, do you know how long it took me to teach this monkey not to peel my dick like a banana? So scientists identified a type of chimpanzee in West Africa as the source of HIV infection in humans. They believe that the chimpanzee version of the immunodeficiency virus called simian immunodeficiency virus, or SIV, most likely was transmitted to humans and mutated into HIV when humans haunted, hunted these chimpanzees f- for food? What? This is from the HIV Institute, the AIDS Institute series. So, um, when humans hunted these chimpanzees for meat, and came into contact with their infected blood. Over decades, the virus slowly spread across Africa and later into other parts of the world. It's from eating monkeys. The earliest known case of infection with HIV-1 in human was detected in a blood sample collected in 1959 from a man in Kinshasa, Democratic Republic of the Congo. How he became infected is not known. Genetic analysis of this blood sample suggested that HIV-1 may have stemmed from a single virus in the late 1940s or early 1950s. Uh, We know that the virus has existed in the United States since at least the mid to late 70s. From 79 to 81, rare types of pneumonia, cancer, and other illnesses were being reported by doctors in Los Angeles and New York among a number of male patients who had sex with other men. These uh, were conditions not usually found in people with healthy immune systems. Blah, 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 blah. Anyways, monkeys. See, you know what's funny is, is with the whole story of, uh, or the whole myth about AIDS coming about because somebody fucked a monkey, you hear that and you go, God, that is the biggest crock of bullshit I've ever heard. <laughs> However, if AIDS just came out now and they said it was because somebody fucked a monkey, you would totally believe it. Like, and now in our because- day and age... That would totally make sense. Just some fucking super right-wing Christian <laughs> pastor that doesn't support totally evolution at all. You think it came, You think we came from monkeys? That we have? I'll go fuck a monkey right now. I'll show you that ain't fucking true. I'll Facebook live me. Exactly. Well, but that's it exactly. Jesus. I'll put is it on YouTube a, and make it a show. Is it not a subgenre of porn bestiality? Isn't like don't People don't they fuck it. monkeys or? Animals I, I think the, the monkeys are just too violent. Like a horse, it might kick you. Like people have died from sucking a horse's dick and it kicked them. Mm-hmm. But yeah. what? I've heard a that. A monkey is straight. Monkeys rip your face off. Yeah. So here's horse. Uh, we're gonna close down, and I'll and I'll finish it with this little story. Um, donkey fucking has been around for thousands of years. In fact, hundreds of years at least. Rumi, the poet Rumi, one of my favorite poems of his. Is uh, it's called the gourd, and uh, you know it's one of those poem story poems where you're like, what is, what is the reason behind this? So there's a a, a slave woman 
is uh, so there's a woman of the house and she's the rich lady and uh, she peeks through a door and she sees her maidservant lady the lady her slave or whatever having sex with a donkey and she's very having a great great time and she's really enjoying it but because she's peeking in through the door what she doesn't see is that the slave lady has a gourd with a hole in it that is protecting her from having the whole donkey dick she does not see the gourd so she says well if my slave lady is doing this looks like a lot of fun she looks like she's having a good time so she gets the donkey and she fucks the donkey and the donkey eviscerates her with its penis it kills her from her it punctures punctures into her stomach and the poop everywhere and the stuff and she dies and the and then the the end of the poem is like she did not know about the gourd so it's like you take a gourd in the poem like it talks about hollowing out the gourd and all this stuff but it's this was one of those allegorical story poems where you're like what are you trying to say here don't spy don't have sex it's they're not saying don't have sex with donkeys they're fine with that but it's i think the moral of the story is don't buy on people or don't don't try to do what someone else is doing if you don't really know uh, what they're donkey doing donkey see donkey do donkey see donkey do <laughs> see all that shit comes from super radical religious people that are like you, you shouldn't have sex until you're married but if a donkey fucks you well then that's just a fine Thursday evening <laughs> Jesus will accept that because you love man and beast Wait, no, okay, here, I, I, can, I looked up very interesting Rumi poem, X-rated, and it's, uh, there was a maidservant who had cleverly trained a donkey to perform the services of a man. From the gourd, she had carved a flanged device to fit on the donkey's penis to keep him from going too far into her. She had fashioned it just to the point of her pleasure, and she greatly enjoyed the arrangement, often as often as she could. She thrived, but the donkey was getting a little thin and tired looking. The mistress began to investigate. One day she peeked through the crack in the door and saw the animal's marvelous member and the delight from the girl stretched under the donkey. She said nothing. Later she knocked on the door and called the maid out on an errand, a long and complicated errand. I won't go into details. The servant knew what was happening, though, Ah, my mistress, she thought to herself. (laughs) You should not send away the expert. Uh, Blah, 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 blah. And then the donkey kills her. Okay. See, I think you just read the plot line for the next Fifty Shades of Grey movie. Uh, That's a good idea. And somebody's going to watch that bullshit tonight because it's Valentine's Day. Sure. Fucking lames. Uh, So... Everybody look it up. The very interesting Ruby poem. I believe it's that, called The Gourd. That was your Valentine's yeah. Day poem. Just yeah. type in 50 Shades of Air. 50, <laughs> oh, it's so funny. It's an ass. <laughs> you are so fucking clever. Old dumb face, Steve Poggi. We'll, we'll start calling you old smart face because you're probably the smartest person in Missouri. Uh, I think before it was Latoya, but she's moved here now. So I know you're some the smart one who's left. There. There's some smart people. You, he just lives out in the county. My people live in the shitty. Uh, on the south side where there's culture culture well I'm excited we get to see Steve Poggi next month so hooray yay dumb face yeah action action so um, thanks you so much for calling and making this a really exciting AltaCast yeah I'll try to call in as often as I can you guys have a good one I'll talk to you later bye, you're the best bye bye well we did it 
It's done, son. It's done. Uh, it's. I'm really excited that Steve Foji is going to be coming back out here. Because he's awesome. Uh, and we miss him very much, and we're very glad he called in. He's a very funny man. And he'll, you know... Thank you, Latoya. You're always a your joy as always. Yeah. You are. You are. I, my insides don't feel like a joy, but oh well. It's yeah. good to see y'all. Yeah, I, I'm about to get my period, and I'm not wearing any protection from the blood. So at least I'm wearing red underwear, though, or they're pink. <laughs> Tissue time. It. Tissue time. It's good stuff. Uh, this has been the Altcast. Coming up next is some call me Tim with special guest Keith D. Yay! Uh, wow. Thanks again for being here. Bye. Bye. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Hey everybody, listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground 
Underground Comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Well, hello, boys and girls. You know what a password is. That's a secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front. Well, here's a password that gets you up to the front in all the right places. It's cannabis energy. It seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. And the swellest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army Skincare. Boy, they're just crammed full of cannabis energy. There are more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you use circling the base ten times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast acting. Why, no sooner that you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel the new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body-nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army Skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join thegreenarmy.com. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to invite you down to Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco at 806 South Van Ness. Uh, We've got great food by our kitchen counter offer, burgers, tater tots, tachos, corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. Every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll, some of the best local bands in San Francisco, and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m., rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always 5 bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m., Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2. Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen special. Shot of bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for 8 bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shout. Drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. With a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender's Bar. Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. Yeah, it goes down. Come smoke with your boy. Grinder. 
Spark is San Francisco's premier cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the best in-store experience with its extensive menu, friendly staff, and one of the few cannabis vape lounges in San Francisco. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for recreational adult use in 2018. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Rainbow Grocery, a worker-owned and operated food cooperative located at 1745 Folsom Street in the Mission District of San Francisco. Let's hear what locals have to say about Rainbow Grocery. Their bulk section is dope AF. I love their, their variety of cheese and home decor items and this of unique items that you can't find anywhere else. Their cheese section is insane. I love Rainbow Grocery because it's the number one grocery store to shop at when you're having a potluck and need to fulfill everyone's dietary needs. They don't have meat. Rainbow Grocery Cooperative, an amazing San Francisco staple since 1975. For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bare exoskeleton Contessa. And check your horror horoscope on Horus